I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, it's Allie for the Hollywood Life podcast. And we have a really special episode today. Uh, as we are going to be focusing on what's going on in Hollywood right now, which is the ongoing SAG-AFTRA strike and the Writers Guild strike. Uh, And we have a really special guest after Bonnie and I chat to tell us a little bit more about what is going on, especially live kind of from the picket line. So first, Bonnie, hi, how are you today? I'm doing good. And listen, Ali, I mean, this is the biggest story in Hollywood. Like. You know, there's been news, there's new couples, there's splits, but this really is the thing that's going to impact all of our listeners so much because uh, the way things are going, there's, I mean, definitely not going to be new shows this fall because of the the combo of the actors and the writers who are both striking. And I want to just say on behalf of Hollywood Life that we totally support both the groups in their um, needs. And we want them to get a great deal because we want them to be able to continue working. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been um, a few weeks since the uh, actors picked up their uh, protest signs. It's been a few months since the writers did. And, you know, Bonnie, you mentioned that that this might be going until December. Uh, it, it's going until the the unions can come up with a deal that they can agree to and, and offer them great working conditions um, that then these production companies, producers like Netflix, Warner Brothers, HBO, et cetera, et cetera, can agree to. And we don't know when that's going to be, but it's rest thus far, neither side has budged. No. And, you know, so for those of you who keep listening past our chat, we have um, a great guest who's actually on the front lines, one of the negotiators for the actors. And he's very experienced um, at doing this. This is fourth time. And so you're really going to hear like a firsthand what is going on. And, but in, in the meantime, like every day, we are seeing photos of big name actors out on the picket lines. Um, you know, we've, we've um, I know that uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things was just out. We've seen, seen Susan Sarandon, Jane Fonda and yeah. Lily Tomlin were out together. Yeah, um, Lucy Liu was out there today in the city. Um, and, you know, we've seen a lot of stars on the picket line, and we've also seen a lot of stars that are sticking up in different ways. So Viola Davis, for example, yeah. she just publicly backed out from filming her film that she is starring in and producing 
called G20. Um, she said it's not appropriate for her and for this production to move forward at this time. And Brad Pitt just did the same for his Formula One movie, Apex. He's pulled the plug uh, and postponing production, which is a massive call, you know, financially. Um, but it's a big move for him. And in the same vein, you'll hear a story from Jack, who we speak to about a big name star, Tom Cruise, who actually has gone the opposite direction. Uh, so it's very interesting to see kind of where these stars are showing their support and where they're kind of being money hungry and not really caring about their fellow actors. Well, there's also some controversy going on between actors. Right. Like, for example, Sarah Silverman, um, she put out, uh, you know, a kind of pretty long Instagram message about how she's upset that certain independent film productions have gotten a waiver from um, the SAG Actra Guild in order to keep uh, going, to keep filming. And she said, I just don't understand. Like, to me, that's work, even though they're small and even though they're saying that when they're finished, that they are never going to um, sell their productions to a streaming company. I don't like, I just don't get that. Why are they doing that? And, you know, we've got the story up on Hollywood Live with her Instagram. And she even met with Fran Drescher, who's the head of the union. And mm -hmm. they ended up agreeing to disagree. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. And yes, we are seeing, I feel like stars kind of turn on each other a little bit. I mean, for example, um, Anne Hathaway's movie is continuing production called uh, Mother Mary and Death of a Unicorn with Paul Rudd and Jenna Ortega, um, Flight Risk, Mel Gibson and Mark Wahlberg. They all are still under production under the interim agreement. But Jack will explain what needs to be done in order to, to receive that interim agreement. And it doesn't seem like it's something that is handed off lightly. But at the same time, um, I agree with Sarah. I mean, there's hundreds hundreds of thousands of people who aren't getting paid right now for their work and they're fighting to get paid and they're not working. And, you know, it's interesting when you see these other stars are. Uh, so it'll be yeah. interesting to find out kind of. Yeah. And, and our guest, Jack, and we're going to introduce him to you when, when we start the second part of our podcast with our interview, but he supports the stars who are working on these independent productions going ahead because he, and he'll explain why. And Sarah Silverman kind of got the same explanation when she spoke to Fran Drescher. But as I said, she's not fully on board with that situation. And she just feels like so many people are giving up and suffering. And, um, you know, it's, it's really hard because most actors just don't make a ton of money. You know, they're not people, they're, they're not like, Tom Cruise and Angelina Jolie. They're right. you call like your working actors. Right. They're working actors. Exactly. And um, you know, they these stars, they and and working actors have been out on the picket lines walking miles and miles a day. And, and it's been hot. It's been, been hot. so hot in LA. And there was and even, New York. Yeah, and New York. But there was even a, a report 
because they're picketing the studios that at one studio where they had a lot of shade trees out in front that they actually trimmed the shade trees. Like yes. that's so mean. It's so mean. Like that's, know. you know, that's like medieval tactics. It's mean. It's mean. And I think that, you know, we see people like Mandy Moore and other actors who have shows on Netflix who receive pennies for their work that we're watching, you know, on repeat. And so they're fighting the good fight. And I guess we'll just have to see, hopefully, you know, these, these big streamers and big tech companies will come to the table because already so much has been canceled through the fall. The Emmys have been postponed to January. Um, I'm curious what's going to happen with Venice Film Festival because that at this point is still happening. Yeah, the Toronto Um, Film Festival too. And Toronto Film Festival, those are all still happening, but I'm sure that, you know, the, the actors have a lot of rules that they have to follow they're not allowed to go no promote them because that it's not just acting they actually are prohibited um promoting the films and you know i think we saw what happened to Oppenheimer. they were literally in the middle of a premiere over in europe and the stars just walked they got the word the strike was on and they walked right out of the red carpet yeah and you know you guys will see listening, I guess, on our podcast over the next few weeks as well, we can't have any actors really come on to talk about their work. Um, They're allowed to talk about maybe if they're promoting something with Fritos or this or that, they can talk about promoting a charity, but they can't talk about their careers and their work. And so it's, it's definitely, it's affecting everybody and it's affecting how we see and view and hear content right now. And it's a very unprecedented time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's really important that there be a balance, like that there's more of a balance in power between workers and between, and like the owners, the employers. And, you know, that's been off kilter for a long time. And, you know, workers haven't in general been getting paid what they should. Like we all, we all hear in the news that the 1% has just kept getting richer and richer and richer. Like, and everybody else is not having a fair share in economic gains. And, you know, now since the pandemic, that's changed somewhat. We've seen a number of uh, different industries go out on strike or almost go to strike. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just, you know, so much has changed so fast over the years that it's hard to keep up with the technology and these companies that are getting a, um, you know, wanting to get a piece of um, like these actors essentially that are making them money. And so, but at the same time, they're not willing to pay up because they're these big tech companies and they don't understand art. They don't actually understand what they are getting into. And so that's a big fight right now, I think, between tech and art. That's mm-hmm. that's at the end of the day. And what we really wanted from this podcast is for our listeners to hear the stories of the working actors, not the Margot Robbies and the Brad Pitts of the world, as you mentioned, Bonnie, but the people that need to pay for health care. And don't have enough money to do that because they're not paid enough from the work that they've done over the years that we continue to watch and they're not getting paid for. Yeah. 
Yeah. And also, you know, nobody wants to have their their work literally stolen from them. And and our guest is going to explain how that is happening, like literally how like they're themselves, they're being kind of their images are being stolen. Like nobody would want, you know, you, you wouldn't want to be impersonated and somebody make money off impersonating you. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, I would say to everybody, well, maybe you don't want to start keep binging so much right now. Get out and enjoy the weather because it's not like there's going to be new stuff to watch come September. I know we're taking our time watching our stuff right now, because as you said, there's going to be it's it's going to be slow. A lot of stuff's getting pushed. A lot of stuff's getting suspended. And um all of our favorite award shows. That's what I'm nervous about too. The VMAs are supposed to be the second week of September. That won't happen. You can't have, you know, that we're talking about SAG, but we're also talking about the writer's strike and you can't have any of these award shows without writers. They write scripts for everything. Yep. All hosts. They don't write their own scripts. Yeah. They're not necessarily allowed to either within these rules. Like you're not, it's a no working strike. So nobody can do it except the people who do it. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It, it, it really is. And, you know, I think forever, we all want, I think it's only fair that everybody who contributes benefits, you know, that's just the way the world should work. It's like doing any job. You need to be compensated properly for it. And, uh, it shouldn't be that only the people on top make all the money. Mhm. Mhm. Well, Jack will be explaining even more about this uh in our podcast interview with him. It's so informational and uh to oh, you know, he mentions this, but you know, The Rock was just incredibly generous and contributed yes. um a, a, almost like a million dollars to a fund to help support the out of work actors and and the people, all the people in the union, and they're really hoping that other big stars who can afford it will step up. And so come on, big stars, <laughs> fork, it out for, fork it out for your fellows. Exactly. Yeah, they can write it off, tax write off. <laughs> yeah. They can, yeah. they can afford it. They don't awesome. even need tax write off, probably. <laughs> True. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Listen up to um, our interview with Jack. It's great and informative and everybody should know what's going on in Hollywood. Yeah. So you understand, you know, what's happening before you sit in front of the big screen in your house. All right, guys. Oh, and also whenever, you know, if you're enjoying our podcast, please, please give us a five-star rating, give us a review. I mean, give us some comments, give us some feedback. We really love to hear it. Tell us who you want to see on our show. We'd really like to know that. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Hi, guys. We're here with the Hollywood Life podcast, and we have a really important and fascinating guest here today. And he is an expert in what is going on in Hollywood. That means 
why is there a strike on with the actors and also with the writers? But before I introduce him to you, I'm going to say hi to my co-anchor, Ali Stagnita. Hello, Ali. Hi, Bonnie. Yes, so excited, as always, to have our special guest today. Um, but this one in particular took time off of the picket line to join us. So we're very grateful for that. Uh, and Bonnie, I'll let you uh, welcome him to, to the podcast. I want everybody to meet Jack Mulcahy. He is an actor, but he is also a member of the TV Theatrical Streaming Negotiating Committee for SAG-AFTRA. AFTRA. Am I pronouncing that right? SAG-AFTRA. And that is the 160,000 strong guild that represents all of the working actors in this business. And he's been very involved in negotiations and he's done this. This is his fourth. And so everybody say hello to Jack and thank you so much for coming here today. You're welcome, Bonnie. It's great to meet you and great to see you again, Ali, or actually for the first time, but we have communicated. Uh, yeah, the uh, Screen Actors Guild and American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, we uh, represent Actors, performers, singers, dancers, recording artists, and um, I think puppeteers. <laughs> that is a lot of different entertainers. It is. And, you know, for our audience who are listening to us, um, I'm sure that they have heard that there is a strike going on as well as a writer's strike and that actors, big name actors are actually on the picket lines. And but they don't really know why this is happening, why they're not going to see their favorite TV and streaming shows coming back this fall, why movies are going to be delayed. So we'd love for you to explain why is it so important that you're on strike? Well. I will try. Um, we uh, every three years we um, we try to do um, a follow up to the legacy contracts. Twenty twenty was our last negotiation, and as you may recall, we had a pandemic, yes. so the entire six weeks was on Zoom, six hours yes. a day on Zoom for six weeks, and I believe at that point we were so. Um, so desperate to get a deal done. And we were also split, um, our, our split attention was to get, you know, uh, COVID protocols back in place, that some of the things that are biting us right now may have slipped through the cracks, particularly artificial intelligence, which just gets smarter and smarter by the day. And so that is one of the main sticking points. It was one, it was probably the main sticking point for writers but for actors, it's a huge sticking point because they can scan us, use our images, likenesses, voices forever. Unless, wow. we, have, unless we have informed consent, uh, a fair compensation and control because they can scan you and then they can use you as another performer in some other project without having to feed you, to transport you, to house you. So it is a win-win-win for them, not so much for us. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's almost like you're being abducted by aliens, except you're being abducted by um, the group that's representing uh, all of the uh, studios. I think it's it's called the Alliance of Motion Pictures and TV Producers. Correct. So yes. can you tell us, Jack, a little bit further about these negotiations? Who exactly is, does SAG 
go to the table with every three years for these negotiations. Okay, so in the room is uh, NBC Universal, Warner Brothers, Netflix. Um, let me see, Sony, of course, Amazon, Apple. Um, you know, and a, and a full third of the people across the table from us are basically tech companies who have pretty much developed an app when they really think that they've reinvented the wheel. Sure. And it's the streaming services that are not paying the residuals that we feel that our actors are due. And they have just flooded the market. They've thrown an awful lot of cash at it. And Silicon Valley has completely wrecked the business model. And so that is what we're asking for. We're asking for fair compensation for our performances and nothing more, really. Well, I mean, there are some other issues that always come up, you know, so like raising the caps on health insurance. But I don't really want to get into the weeds, you know, for your readers, because, you know, it gets a little wonky. It gets wonky for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm, the, uh, I'm the vice chairman of the National Low Budget Film Committee. So an awful lot of what happens redounds down to what it is that I do and that I have to explain to my membership after that. So we have at least nine or 10 that are sitting across the table from us at any given time. HBO Max is another one, I should say that, uh, and Warner Brothers. And um, so basically, eh, I've pretty much covered all of them. Yeah. And so you guys will be at this table. So the big thing too that I keep seeing is about the residuals. So specifically when it comes to stream. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think that I saw um, somebody getting paid, you know, 30 cents for like a Grey's Anatomy episode. Um, how, like, what, what are you guys asking for? For these residuals, I mean, it seems to me like you should be getting paid a lot more than thirty cents per yeah. episode. <laughs> that would be nice. Yes. Watched. Yes, right. I mean, and and with network and basic cable pretty much going the way of the dinosaur, the streaming model is really what is happening. And over the last two negotiations, we have tried to get our nose in under the tent to get a piece of that. We haven't really secured what we wanted. However, these companies have just completely flooded the market with content and they will not show us their analytics. They won't tell us how many views are for the successful shows. I mean, we pretty much can, can gauge how many subscribers they have, but it's, it's about, you know, a winning um, the, uh, the successful shows that we really want to tap into. And I think we're asking for about 2% and that's really not an awful lot and will not kill their bottom line. And that would feed and and give um, uh, health insurance to so many other actors out there that, you know, just need to make twenty six thousand dollars a year to cover themselves. Mm. And when you think about 86 percent of the actors who actually have the card can't make their insurance, it's kind of sad. Yeah, I think that a lot of people, you know, just hear about, oh, you know, Brad Pitt getting paid, you know, $10 million and, and uh, you know, people like Tom Cruise getting a 
huge cut of the profits, they don't realize that that's like an incy beansy number of working actors compared to the majority. And that for most actors, this they're doing it because they love the work, but they're, as you said, they're barely making ends meet. That's right. And I'm that type of actor who you'll walk down the street, people will recognize me, but they don't know what from. But that's because I have been a working actor. I've got over 150 credits and they're like, oh, you're that guy from that thing that my mother loves, that my dad is crazy about. And what's your name again? <laughs> you know, and there's so many actors like that. And and we're not the $10 million. I mean, you know, I've I've had some very big movies in my career and I've had some tiny little career movies in my career. It never determined how happy I was. It was because I was working. Right. And what's happening now is that it's it's a it's a winners and losers. It's a beggars and choosers kind of thing right now. And um, with the streaming companies, they've kind of like completely dominated the market. And now what I'm hearing, and it was in the trades today, is that Netflix is is hinting that they might be interested in making the deal. Oh, so there's sharks in the water. There's blood in the water. And, you know, this could happen like it happened to the airline companies and the automobile companies where, you know, nine may shrink down into four or three. And we'll see what happens. But I think that Ted Sarandos, you know, he put out a statement. He says, hey, listen, I come from a union family. My dad was an electrician. I've been on strike. I've been on striking lines. And when it comes to the Tom Cruises, you know, we had an actual Zoom meeting with Tom. And he actually asked us if we could give him a waiver to help him promote Mission Impossible. And we pretty much turned him down. We told him that it would be better if you put on a T-shirt and grabbed a post and a sign and walked the lines with us. That would speak so much more volumes. So, you know, his reaction was um, uncommitted. Uncommitted? I think that, like, that's something that we are seeing. Like, where is... Tom Cruise, where is Meryl Streep? Where is, you know, Jennifer Lawrence? They all said that they would support the strike, but they haven't been on the picket line. That's right. And, uh, but, you know, you see uh, Dwayne Johnson, you know, The Rock, he just donated $750,000 to the Entertainment Economic Fund, which is fantastic. I think there's a a couple of other people that could probably donate an awful lot more. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, you know, I think it's, you know, Jack, you bring up that um, you've had your big roles, you've had your small roles. And a lot of times, maybe the general public is thinking of the Margot Robbie's uh, of the world that are, oh, like, they're doing fine. Like, why is there this strike? But even, you know, you hear Mandy Moore, who was the star of This Is Us that ran for several seasons, and she receives a penny in residuals yeah. from streaming. You know, I know. So I think it's it's definitely a widespread problem problem. And you see how much, say, Netflix makes monthly from users uh, and subscriptions that you think they have the funds. Yeah. I mean, they say that uh, it's 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 gamed out that uh, Netflix will probably clear clear close to 10 billion dollars this year. Twelve and a half billion dollars next year. <laughs> we we had a surge. Of pick up, pick up, like go and collect money for charity for them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, not so, to mention Disney on the other hand. Yes, Disney notoriously cheap, by the way. 
so I mean, they they've had their issues, and and you know, we have our direct you know communications with them, and Carol Lombardini, who's their chief negotiator, and sitting across from Duncan Crabtree, Ireland. Um, I have to say, it's almost not a fair fight because Duncan is so so good at what he does, and have Fran sitting to his right, who was just a fireball. It was as if, you know, I could I could sense in the room that, you know, they probably have lost a little confidence in Carol because they don't know what the model is. They don't they actually don't know how to make movies, to tell you the truth. They're really good at at, at delivering the films, but they, they I mean, they're, but they're also very good at making money, mostly for themselves. Mm-hmm. Can, you, and, can you just explain, though? Because our audience, again, isn't going to understand. I mean, I'm not quite sure I understand fully either. Like what the model is. Because you, you've said a couple of times that the streaming companies, the tech, like all these tech companies mm-hmm. have gotten into the entertainment business, that that they've destroyed what the model is to make money. Can Correct. you explain what it was and what why it's not working now? Okay. Uh, for that, I would have to go back to 1960 when we had the very first really, really big actors strike, SAG. Uh, Charlton Heston was at the head of the line. Ronald Reagan was actually the SAG after uh, the SAG president at the uh-huh. time. So and it was to garner residuals for movies that were being shown on television. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and the big thing that we had to give up was anything prior to that we wouldn't be able to compensate those actors for. But moving forward, we could, which is why we had such a steady and robust residual system after that. And as as the uh, as the contracts go, we got a little bit more and then a little bit more. I mean, I did Porky's in 1981, and I'm still getting residuals from it. Yay. So, I mean, we're talking about that's that's the system. I mean, it's not a lot because, you know, it's it's a law of diminishing returns. But, you know, those are the kinds of things that we base our livings on. You know, the working actor lives on residuals. It, it allows him to make his insurance, but it also allows him to do things like, you know, a little off-Broadway play if he wants. Or he can go out and do commercial calls or he can, you know pretty much do anything. And we're not striking commercials and we're not striking anything net code, network code, you know, and there's so many things that we can do. And we do have this thing called the interim agreement, if you'd like to talk about that later on. But as far as the residuals are concerned, that stopped once streaming got so big. What happens is that if you'll notice in the old days of network television, you'd have 22 to 26 episodes and then they would rerun them during the summer, and then they have a new season by September or October. Now you'll find shows that have anywhere from six to 10 episodes, and that's it. That's the end of the season. You might wait another year and a half. With COVID, you might have waited two and a half years. And those actors are like indentured servants because they can't work on another show until that show starts up again. So I hope that makes it simple enough for your viewers. It it sounds like the old Hollywood, uh, you know, cycle, like how you were trapped within a contract, a contract and trapped within even like a, you know, whether it was MGM or a movie company. Um, 
what do you think? I mean, obviously the problem comes down to these companies just being money hungry and wanting to hold on to their funds, I guess. But, you know, these actors are the ones that are making them the money. Why? What's their holdback? Like, what is the holdup? Well, the old saying is those that have are loath to give it up. And, And as I said before, excuse me, I believe Silicon Valley really wrecked the model. Mm-hmm. They saw a cash cow and they jumped on it. And now there's too many cows at the trough. And what happens is that that dilutes down everything, but they're not paying their fair share of the residual stream and structure of new subscribers and successful television shows. I mean, when when I think about um, this guy, Gunn, um, who was on Gilmore Girls for so many years, that thing runs. It's one of the most successful programs on Netflix. And he's getting like two, three dollars a check or something like that, which is really, really, really criminal. Yes, it's stealing. Yeah, it basically is stealing. And that's stealing. AI is plagiarism. Let's let's call it what it is. Sure. And, you know, we have other things that we need, the casting process, self-tapes. You know, I, I am loath to do a self-tape. I love being in the room with casting directors. I am technologically fine. You know, I have the lighting system. I have all that kind of stuff. I can edit, but a lot of people can't. Right. And people my age, it just has passed them by and they would rather have somebody do it for them. But it takes it takes an investment and you also have to have a reader. Right. And sometimes, you know, you you run out of friends who want to do it for you. And, you know, I know that I'm more successful when I have a professional reader reading with me and not just some friend who's like reading the lines for me. Right. So these are another that that's another aspect. I mean, they say that there's four big um, areas here, but there's really more like 12 that Mm -hmm. we're way, way far apart on. So if somebody like Netflix, you know, broke the mold or these interim agreements that we are uh, exceeding to and that we've offered for purely independent productions, then maybe we might see a little bit breaking of the ice. Do all of the people need to come together to agree or can Netflix agree and you guys go with Netflix and then wait for what the others do? We have done that before, but that was before Netflix was part of the AMPTP. So uh, they struck a deal with us, I believe. So we have 2014, 2017. So between 2017 and 2020, I think about 2018, Netflix gave us everything that the producers didn't give us in the 2017 contract. And so from there on, we had those proposals that were sacrosanct. And now that it's uh, now that they're part of the APTP, it's a different ballgame entirely. And I think they got in there just to make sure that, you know, when, you know, that uh, that somebody wasn't doing something, the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. So I'm sure that they wanted to get in there so that they could have a vision of what these other guys wanted. Because, you know, as I said before, Fox doesn't necessarily want what Sony wants and Netflix doesn't necessarily want what Amazon wants. So. Mm-hmm. But they all have to agree. No. They when- do have to agree. Exactly. Um, are when you say again, I, I'm just going back to the business model that they don't know the 
Silicon Valley players like the Netflix and mm-hmm. Amazons and Apple. Is it that they're, are they spending too much money on the actual production? Like they're making the production so incredible that they're not really saving enough to pay the actors what they should be paid. And, and is that the issue or that they don't, they're not asking subscribers to pay enough? That is a great question. Um, They have thrown so much money at so many shows and they've made an awful lot of bad deals. And that's where the Writers Guild comes in because of these six to eight short order series. And then they've got writers in the room that are not seasoned. And so they're not getting the best product. And I've heard many, many tales of people who have been on shows for all six episodes. And by the third episode, they said, you know what? We're shutting this thing down. Oh, well, for how long? Well, for good. Why? (laughs) That's the question. Is it a tax write down? I mean, who knows? I know two friends of mine who knew that who were on Amazon shows that got cut right before Christmas and said, yeah, we'll see you. Well, we probably won't see you after Christmas. And they had four episodes in the can and they couldn't use them at all. So that went away entirely. And there were other shows that people really, really love that are just gone completely from their platforms. And I, I, I don't want to speculate, but I do think that there's something going on tax wise. So. Interesting. Yeah. What do you, I mean, I mean, there's just, there's so much at play here, especially with the writers on strike at the same time as the actors, because what exactly are are the, and and you might not know this since obviously you're with the actors, but are the writers and actors asking for similar things? Are they aligned with their asks or are they kind of working separately? Another great question. Uh, Yeah, we are certainly aligned on the artificial intelligence thing because writing, you could like, you know, just say anything to a chatbot and, you know, and come away with a script entirely. Um, And we are very, very keen on that as well because of our images. And uh, but I think for the writers, It's writers, 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 writers. For us, it's actors, performers, singers, dancers, you know, recording artists, you know, and we have different needs, but we have the same purpose. And that is to get paid what we are worth, what our value is, and to make sure that generations from now are protected, protected from AI, protected from, you know, predatory um, uh, uh, employers who wish to just pay us as little as possible. I remember yeah. one time, I remember one uh, negotiation about three years ago, uh, four, actually six years ago, where one of our chief negotiators was talking about background and he pointed to the other room when we were like in conference and he said, you know what, those people across the room, if they didn't have to pay you, they wouldn't. They consider you props that eat, basically. And so that is really, really maddening. And we can't really bargain in good faith with for the background community, but we can certainly put the language in the contract that will cover them. And that's what we've been trying to do. And that's why we're in such alliance this time around, particularly because of AI. Right. It just seems like it's the 
a historic struggle between um, sort of wealthy owners that just want to pay the least amount that they can get away with to labor. And, you know, this is just, it's another, it's another version. It's very modern version and it's very high profile. And now, I mean, I've heard some people say that the strike could go on till the end of the year. What's your feeling about it? Do you, have you made any progress? Well, I would need a magic eight ball and a Ouija board and (laughs) probably still not be able to come up with an answer. Um, I think the most important thing for us is to keep the pressure on, especially publicly. And that's why we're out picketing. I'm I'm walking like close to six miles a day. It's like really exhausting. Today I hit uh, Paramount and then I went down to Netflix and then I came back here. So in, in order to um, do the podcast for you, as soon as I'm done with this, I have to jump on to our uh, negotiating committee Zoom. But I mean, that's basically the point is like to get to the point where they can't handle the public pressure. And there has been quite. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quite a bit, and it has not stopped, and it's only going to get greater. Today, on one line, we had Paul Giamatti, we had David Harbour, we had Bill Irwin, we had like so many wonderful A-list guys who've been down, you know, they just come on down, they're very understated, and, you know, but they're there, and they do a couple of interviews, and boom, we pop it up on the website. So, And the President of the United States, Joe Biden, has come out in support of you as well. He's a labor guy. He always has been a labor guy anyway. And the thing that we really do have going for us is that public opinion for unions has never been higher in the last you know, 25, 35 years. So and you know, getting back to uh, the labor struggle, historically, think about the people who are working for Ford and then all of a sudden there's an assembly line. And we don't really need all you guys anymore. But, you know, that was way back then when people were making like a buck an hour or something like that. So, you know, I think too, Bonnie, just going back to your point of the, this like struggle between like almost like the arts and tech that these tech people and Silicon Valley, they don't understand the creative process and like the arts, they aren't, you know, they might like to ingest entertainment. Sure. And they see dollar bills. They don't see the work that goes into it. And that that's, um, I mean, yeah, that. Bad for you guys. Yeah, 88% of the streaming companies are owned by institutional banks. So, and they right. just keep buying back their stock and keep paying each other. And that's basically where the money goes. I mean, money, you know, is energy. It can neither be created nor destroyed. So when that money goes somewhere, it's got to go. When it, when we lose it somewhere, it's got to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going and you know, think about the economy. It's going into again the pockets sort of at the one percent. They can't even spend all that money in order to generate um you know 
good things and growth in the economy, it would be much better off for the economy to have it in the pockets of 160,000 guild members. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the independent films that have received waivers. Yeah. Um, and I'll stop you there. Okay. A waiver. Waivers are like, you know, a get out of jail free card. This okay. is a collectively bargained agreement. Okay. We're not giving anybody a free pass. Got That's it. The whole thing. They have to be completely independent of the AMPTP for funding, for promotion, for distribution. Got it. You can prove that after reading a 70-page document, then we will definitely agree to the terms. If you agree to the terms that we have with the producers right now that's on the table to pay the 11% raise, to pay the 2% uh, residuals on streaming, you know, to do all the protections, then fine. We will definitely okay your contract and start filming away. And I encourage people to do that. Mm -hmm. That was my question. Like what people need to do to qualify in that yeah, way exactly. that's what it is and we have um and and since i'm on the low budget film committee i've helped write the language for the micro contract was which is twenty thousand dollar contracts and then the ultra low and then the modified and then the low budget contracts you can do those projects as long as you don't have any fingerprints of the aptp on them you're good to go mm -hmm. um, i guess the pressure is really going to be felt when in about another month, when we're into the fall and there's no new TV to watch, like that's really when it's going to hit home, I think, to American uh, viewers and entertainment vibers. They're going to go, wait a second, I'm not going to see Stranger Things. I'm not going to see this. I'm not going to see that. And they're going to get really bored watching like old stuff. Like well, they are, and, you know, and I think we've had enough of the reality thing, you know. Oh, yeah, that, that'll be ramped we were up. We're so over the reality thing. And uh, they had to cancel the upfronts. They had to cancel the Emmys. Yeah. And, you know, they will have no content past the end of September. So, you know, I'm sure the network executives are like doing the calculation and they have their actuarials doing their thing right now. <laughs> So, you know, they've got to game it out because we're not going away. Yeah. How are you guys surviving? Like the the actors that just don't, you know, that are not the multi-million dollar actors. I think people do what they have to do. Um, I've, I'm fortunate enough to have still an awful lot of credits behind me that I do garner residuals. I'm actually producing a film myself. Uh, I coach actors as well. Low budget, right? Low budget. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but one may be in the upwards of $25 million. So not quite low budget, you know, it's it, but it is, you know, it is one of those films where maybe one of these guys in the APTP might say, hey, you know, I might want to make a deal on that. And then the other guys in the room are like, oh, what do you mean you want to make it? And that is the wedge that we have the strategy so perfectly aligned to have that done. And so, you know, everybody's complaining about, you know, well, you're just going to feed their pipeline. Well, no, because they can't use it unless they agree to the terms that are on the table right now. Right. The residuals, proper residuals, no AI. All of it. That's so right. You're on the negotiating negotiation committee. So when it comes to compromising, like you guys, you're not compromising, like it's like this or nothing. Well, they always say, and this is, this is my fourth negotiation, they always say that the best deal is when both parties walk away unhappy. 
So, <laughs> I mean, there are things that we would probably have to give away. Sure. Uh, I, but what we're standing on is standing, we're standing on principle. I mean, we have diversity issues too. We have like makeup and hair, you know, for people of color that they don't even seem to care about, which okay. is like, you don't really think about that, but think about that. Do you yeah. know, they ask our background actors to show up camera ready, but if you don't like it, if you don't like how the actor looks, you want to change her, but you don't have anybody in hair and makeup who is, you know, well-versed in, in handling hair for people of color, then, you know, you can burn people. I've heard like these horror stories where their hair gets burned or their makeup is terrible and they look like zombies. And it's just, right. these are like the issues that you don't really hear about, but we hear about in the room and they're very, very important to all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I, I really wish you, and I know, Allie, you feel the same way. We all wish you the best of, I wouldn't even say luck because it's not luck, but the best and your determination to stand firm and to negotiate a deal that is going to um, you know, preserve a living for our wonderful American actors and all the everybody else who's part of the union so that you can live well and we can have great entertainment. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you, Allie. Bonnie. Thank you. Thank this you. Is, great. is it already? And hang in I know you're tired. Hang in there. <laughs> and now to another meeting. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much, you. Jack. You guys are great. Bye.